there's so much potential for copycat coaching businesses because so many are being taught a method of coaching and running a business that's the right way to do it or the only Mm -hmm. way to do it or the Mm -hmm. best way to do it but what we were really wanting to show everybody was there's your way of doing it and it's really the best way for you is your way it comes from your zone of genius it comes from you being tapped into that internal part of you or that higher part of you Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm so glad to have you with me today. And I've got a wonderful episode for you. I have two guests with me, two very special guests that I know you're going to love hearing from. I went to a conference in Dallas a while back. I'm not sure if I talked about this or not, but it was such an amazing experience, not only because of the participants at the conference and the people that I got to work with, but the student that invited me to come, the amazing coaches and speakers that were there. It was really just a magical experience. And, you know, I used to live in Dallas and it is one of my favorite places I ever lived. And I really didn't know how I was going to feel going back to Dallas. And it was so great. It just, it was just so great. And one of the best parts was meeting Lauren and Jen. Now, unfortunately, I met them right as I was heading out the door to get in the car to go back to the airport to fly home. But, you know, you meet these people and within a very short amount of time, you you just know. You just know they're your people. You know they're in alignment, even though you don't even totally know what they do. You kind of know what they do, but you don't know. But you know, it's got to be in alignment with what you're doing. And that is the case with Lauren and Jen. I love meeting coaches in really, they're really in different spaces, but the work that they're doing is so in alignment with psychology of the voice. I've mentioned that about the Body Keeps the Score book. I had that, I had had that book on my list forever to read. And finally, just last year, I read it and it was amazing to hear him talk about the body and how the body keeps the score in the way that I have talked about the muscle memory keeps the voice score. It keeps, takes those voice stories that are such a foundational, integral part of psychology of the voice and locks them into the body. And so I think you're really going to enjoy hearing from Lauren and Jen today and the crossover in our work and the similarities and how in alignment we really are. Let me just give you a a quick bit of information about both of them, but we're going to talk in in depth about the work that they do individually and the work that they do together. So Lauren Ciesco is a sales and money coach specializing in releasing 
you from your unconscious coding and emotional blocks, keeping you stuck and growing slowly in your business. She teaches you how to sell effortlessly, making you a magnet for money and clients. Okay, if that didn't hook you, then I don't even know what I can do. So stay with me. Let me tell you about Jen. Jen Navarro, she's an alignment and embodiment coach and specializes in activating your next level frequency so that you can embody your future self now. She teaches you how to stand out and communicate clearly and confidently. You show up in your fame frequency through your messaging as you master your energetics and intuition. Now, you may be a professional. You may listen to these these bios and say, well, you know, I don't know if this is going to apply to me. Oh, trust me. It doesn't matter what space you're working in. It doesn't matter who you are and what you're doing. There are so many fabulous nuggets dropped in today's episode. You have to stay with me. So let's head on over to the show and get into it. Lauren and Jen, welcome so much to the show. I'm so excited to talk to y'all today. They are so excited to be here. I know. I think the greatest challenge today is going to be, we're going to just get to going and going and going and talking and talking and talking almost over each other because I feel like Like I mentioned in the intro, I met y'all in Dallas. I didn't really get the opportunity to talk to you even. I think we met as I was heading out the door to get in the lift to go to the airport. So I didn't really get to know y'all very well. But y'all are the people that I already know what you're going to answer, but you meet them and you're just instantly connected. Mm -hmm. 100%. And that was one of those moments. And I was so sad that I had already called the lift to take me to the airport because I would have just stood there for hours and hours and talking to y'all. But since that day, I've had an opportunity to research y'all a little bit. And I was really excited to have you on the show to learn more about you and learn more about the work that I'll do, the work that you do together, because I feel my audience is going to benefit so much from hearing about the work you do together, but hearing about your individual work as well. Why don't we do individual first? Why don't we have one of you start and tell us about the individual work that you do? And then we'll go, Jen, maybe you start and then we'll jump to Lauren. And then I want to talk about how y'all met and decided to work together. And I know y'all have got some exciting things happening. So Jen, why don't you kick it off and tell us about you and the work that you do and how you got into it and all the things. Okay. Amazing. Thank you. And what I want to say is kind of like tied to what we were saying before we hit record, right? Is that the work that I do and what I'm noticing about it is it's constantly in flow because I had this notion of myself where I wanted to be that person right? Like that stable, steady person doing this kind of work. And I'm that coach that you come to, to do this kind of work. But the more I tried to like, hang on to that identity of you come to me for this type of work, the more it's pushed me to grow beyond it. And so like my work is constantly in flow. So I'm going to talk about what my work was before as a coach, and then what I worked on recently, and then what it's flowing into. Is that a cool answer? Perfect. I love it. Great. So in the very beginning of my coaching 
career, I was just a general life coach. And most of that was because I was afraid to admit that I was spiritual, mm-hmm. which is crazy because like, it's such a big part of my mm-hmm. life running my life from the intuitive flow. Like I said, being tapped in energetically in my world and just being so connected to my soul consciousness, I was hiding it because I thought everybody was going to think I was weird. So I got a bunch of clients who can feel that part of me under the radar and I would reveal it to them as soon as they entered into my container. And lo and behold, all the people who I was attracting anyway were spiritual, right? So I went from doing general life coaching and then I started coaching people on building their spiritual businesses, whatever that might be, a healing business, like a angel reading business, a coaching business that had a spiritual lean to it. And when I moved into that, it felt better. It felt better, but it was still not everything. You know what I mean? It's still not everything exposed. Then I started teaching spirituality and coaching on intuition, but I started mixing it with a career that I had before coaching. Now, this is where I think it got super interesting. I was a makeup and hair stylist in the fashion industry for about 11 years in New York City. And I had all of this experience and knowledge about what it took for somebody to grow in fame or to step into their spotlight and to really get out there in the world of modeling or acting or singing. I worked with all these people on the back end of being in the front stage or on camera, stuff like that. So I was like, okay, if I combine everything that I've been doing, and this is what sounded juicy to me and help people or coaches, whoever you might be, because it wasn't all coaches at this point, to step into their spotlight, to like gain confidence, learn how to present themselves in a way where they're magnetic, just being who they truly are, what would that look like? And so I created a program called Fame Frequency. And I was talking about activating people into their fame frequency and I ran it as a group program. I did it twice and I was supposed to run it again in November, but some life events that caused me to grow again (laughs) happened. And so here I am in December. I know I'm going to run fame again in the spring, but where my work is taking a turn now is into beginning to work with entheogenic plant medicines and creating Mm -hmm. transformation with the help of plant medicine to reroute neural pathways and to create rapid transformation. One of my clients is saying she thinks that I'm a life transformation coach. And so I've been incorporating the use of the entheogens in my work, coaching and integrating clients into their new transformation. So that's just like a big long way of saying I work with plant medicine and help people really reroute their old behaviors and to solidify and to make concrete new behaviors becoming a new version of themselves. And so that's where my work is going now. That's awesome. And I've already got like six questions out of what you just said, but I'm going to ask one of them really quick, just for the listeners, plant medicine. Yeah. Give me a little definition because in my mind, I went to things like ayahuasca, which I don't even know if that's plant medicine, but that's the first thing that popped into my mind. 
or give us a feel for that for those of us that may not be sure what you mean by plant medicine. Okay. So yeah, I specifically work with psilocybin, which is the plant medicine found in mushrooms and more on a micro dosing sort of schedule. So mm-hmm. what I found with my clients who are on this micro dosing schedule is what we do in our coaching is we integrate any sort of transformation or realizations they come to by just micro dosing and being in this coaching container with me. So what I've noticed is that it's easy for us to backslide sometimes when we're mm-hmm. being coached just in like a regular coaching container, right? Because we're so mm-hmm. used to these old patterns of behavior, thought patterns, emotional patterns that we have a breakthrough and sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't stick. But as I'm working with clients who are on a microdosing schedule and they start to work with a psilocybin and it becomes like this, right? Nothing psychedelic is happening to them throughout their day. It's literally something you can't even feel. It's happening in the background. You take it as a supplement and when you do it, it's literally should feel like the same way as if you were to take a multivitamin every single day. You should not be able to feel it if you're microdosing correctly. But what starts to happen is it builds up slowly in the system. So nothing jarring. You're not going to go and like have a cosmic experience in the middle of your day, but you'll start to have an awareness and a realization about maybe things that you've been doing or feeling or thinking that have been limiting you from actually getting this transformation that you've been trying to create in your life to stick, right? I don't know if Lauren wants to even mention this, but she and I have been kind of working on this together too, creating this real like, I want to transform into this type of person who creates this type of result in my life. And so it's just a transformation that I have had working with the psilocybin myself and have seen this rapid growth and transformation that made me want to introduce it to my clients. So mm-hmm. yes, I'm talking about mushrooms specifically. I have worked with ayahuasca, but I'm not as familiar with that plant medicine as I am with the soul mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Okay. I'm going to come back because I've got some questions about some of the things that you said that I just love. And I know I want to point them out for the listeners because they are so in alignment with the work that I do, but let's jump to Lauren. Lauren, tell us everything about you. Hello. Oh my gosh. So fun, right? When you invite me and Jen to a conversation, we don't hold back and you don't know what you're going to get. (laughs) I love that. That's that unpredictability, right? Because it makes magic. Yeah. So I love Jen. Thank you so much for like answering that question in such a beautiful way. Instead of being, I'm a transformation coach or I'm a sales ninja. I'm like a Mm -hmm. self-sabotage queen, which is all labels that I've used to describe myself in the past. But the truth is, is that we're constantly evolving and really it's all about embodying who we are, right? And that's really one of the things that I specialize in. Same with Jen is this embodiment, right? It's not just thinking or wanting to believe that we are something and what I like to call smoking hopium, right? There's so many people out there smoking hopium being like, 
I do want to be a coach or I do want to do this, but they're actually not taking the actions or they're not being that person. So they're staying stuck, spinning out in fear and all the things and the excuses and wasting their time. Right. And my life, I got certified. I got to work for a very well-known school and I coached over a thousand people and saw the same patterns over and over and over again. This is a coaching school teaching this and people are, they have the tools, but I realized that there was other things getting in their way, which is really the subconscious, which is really where the work is done is on the identity level. And what my specialty is me and Jen do the same thing, but using different types of tools and mine's really the emotional coding around it. Right. So what makes something real is the belief, right? If it was just a thought and it doesn't hold any emotion, right? If somebody were to come up to me and be like, I hate your purple hair. I don't have purple hair. Like it wouldn't say anything to me right now. If somebody came up to me and they're like, you're fat, I probably would be a little bit on edge because in the past I struggled with body. Not so much anymore. I probably wouldn't be as mm-hmm. reactive, but the whole point here is it's the emotion in our body that makes something feel real. And when you know how to go in and change the emotion, emotional coding, it actually makes it so you're not going to be stuck in your way anymore. And you can do those things that are in the actual actions that are in alignment to the results that you want. And that's how you create it. And so that's what I've been doing for myself. I started off in helping people with stopping binge eating. Then I went into just helping people build businesses. But really one of my sweet spots that I've been teaching for the last year in the coaching and entrepreneurship world is sales and it's feminine energy sales, right? So coming from a very different energy, which is the emotions, which is what fuels everything, right? So it's instead of this, what I like to joke, like bro coaching selling from fear and dropping into people's DMs and coming aggressively, learning how to set up your business and be in a way that makes you a magnet. So you're able to lean back and be the embodiment, the true embodiment through your emotions and build a business based off of that. And the other piece is to this discernment between our minds and our truth, like that spirituality, that soul consciousness, which is what I call our intuition. So when you can really hone into your truth you can hear that voice, you have that guidance, and you're able to release the old emotions in the programming that's holding you back. That makes a beautiful combination for you to show up in the world as your true self, and it will guide you. And then you can sell from this place of just knowing and knowing who you are. And when you are the truth of who you are, you shine and things are easy and things become fun. And so ultimately that's what I do is I help people become that person in their businesses and in their life so that they can just literally live their dreams by getting out of their own freaking way and doing the shit that they need to do to become that person. Okay. How much time do y'all have? Because we're going to be here a while. (laughs) Okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. And now I understand. I knew about you because I'd read about you on paper. I did a little research on you, but now I fully understand why I felt so connected to you. And I know y'all know a little bit about my work, but not a ton about my work, but everything you just said is what psychology of the voice is about. It is about, it is not voice technique. And I mean, we are speaking the same language in different ways. It is not about speak louder, slow down. It is not about creating an identity of a great speaker or a confident speaker. It is about revealing that within yourself. 
and pulling back all the layers the world put in the way that said you have to be this and you have to be that. And then we completely lost our identity from a vocal perspective. So everything y'all are saying is what we're doing over here in voice. Jen, were you going to jump in and say something? I was saying that's, it's so good. Cause it's like, when I think about really even what the microdosing helps with or the plant medicine helps with, it's really just like, it's revealing to you all those layers of conditioning, all those layers mm-hmm. of programming and like being mm-hmm. able to see yourself with empathy and compassion and saying, oh, that isn't really me and it's okay and I can let it go now that I see it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I totally feel that. Yeah. And the, you know, the world set where, especially now in a comparison world, I know y'all see it. And I love one of the words, both of y'all use this word identity. And it's really, to me, the work is about y'all's work. It sounds like, and my work is about what I say, getting people back to one. I don't believe we were born with a bad voice and we've got to learn how to have a beautiful voice. I think that's creating another layer. I think we were born with a great voice and we have to take away all the layers to reveal it. And that is what it sounds like y'all do. I want to talk about identity, but I want to jump back to just one thing really quick, Jen, that you said that I want to point out for the listeners because I think it's so valuable. You said... And I don't remember your exact words, but it was one of the first things you said about, I was afraid to admit I was spiritual. You were being something that you weren't basically. And I think that's really important for my listeners because they feel judgment is a huge thing over here. I am thinking in the future where my voice doesn't work because I'm worried about judgment because what will they think if I'm larger than life? What will they think if I'm a little dramatic? No, I've got to neutralize everything. So I wondered if y'all could talk about judgment and that admonition of who you really are and how awesome that is in being you. I want to just jump in really fast because it's funny because that fear of like hiding our spirituality and like hiding who we really were was actually the thing that brought me and Jen together. Okay. Right. So like to kind of tie us on how we, yeah. Yeah. Reason why we connected is because we had both had experiences with other coaching circles and other masterminds and other people. We were trying to fit ourselves into boxes that we weren't, and we were both kind of feeling scarred and we both were like really thinking that there are other ways to do it. And that we, knew that there was this part of us that was not coming forward. So when we first connected, which by the way, was through a Facebook message and we can tell that story, but we met on Facebook through messenger, got on the phone. And this was the thing that was like, oh my gosh, you're my people. I feel like there's something, a part of me that's not being fulfilled and not being heard. And same with you. And we were able to provide that and give the space so that we could really step into these identities. And that was the magic of the community and everything that we've built was off of this because I'm getting goosebumps because we knew that this was the conversation that needs to be had because we were both Mm -hmm. hiding from it. And Mm -hmm. we gave each other permission to be these people and really allow ourselves to get to that truth, right? To go back to your question about the judgment, right? We're so afraid of rejection. We're really afraid of other people judging us, but what it's filtered through is our own judgments about ourselves. Yeah, I just have to pause for a minute and let that sink in. It's those internal filters of the voice, what I call the voice stories 
one phrase before we're five determines how we're going to use our voice the rest of our life. So once whatever creates that internal judgment and it affects us vocally and what I hear you saying, it affects us across the board. It affects who we're going to show up no matter what, not just vocally, but what we're going to reveal, what we're going to post on social media and how we're going to present ourselves in life. Is that accurate? Totally. I mean, it's the interesting thing is I feel like it was like a backdoor offer, right? Like the offer of me being outwardly spiritual was you only got to know if I felt safe already, right? So the judgment that I had about myself was what's creating this feeling of not being safe in my body. And so when I saw that, I found, oh, I found somebody who's not going to judge me. And Mm. it kind of gave me permission to also not judge me. I mean, I was still scared as hell, right? Lauren and I, we created a series called Outside the Box, where we were doing Facebook Lives, like six of them, where we were talking about topics that at that time, it was still scary to us. And that fear, right, is what I think from that self-judgment and just releasing it, inviting each other to release it with each other and with people in an audience watching us. And so that's what started everything was like, oh, I can let go of a little bit of this judgment of myself. And through this connection with you and seeing that you're not judging me, I can let go a little bit more. And so it's funny because even thinking about voice, it's like we did it through talking to each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And self-expression was so important to us, the ability to really be honest and vulnerable with what we were going through ourselves and with so many more people who we didn't realize were out there until they heard us also being in that same space. It was just like so freeing, (laughs) so liberating. It's like a breath of fresh air to be able to just let go of that judgment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the important part there, just for your listeners to really pick up, it's The power of voicing it, the power of speaking it out loud is that the emotions are also brought up and released, right? So it's talk therapy. That's why it's so effective is it's like getting out. And when me and Jen, part of our process that we would just do ourselves, and now we have a container that's called our mastermind, and we invite them to do it, is this calibrating in a boxer, right? So it's when we're in doubt, either things are happening and coming up, we're going in and emoting it in real time, allowing it to come up and transmuting it. Or the opposite, we're like, hey, I'm super in a great place. I'm in super belief right now. And I just need to share this with you because if you listen to this, I'm going to pick up on your energy and we're both going to calibrate and be in more belief about what we're doing. So me and Jen literally would use each other to emote, to vocalize, to talk about mm-hmm. where we're at. And that was the power. And that's really like how all of this year, like a lot of our success and how we filled up our masterminds is through this like energetics and belief and emoting with each other. Well, because we feel like we're the only one or we feel like when Jen, when you said that, it was one of the first things that you said, it made me think about this very podcast and I did not, I had forgotten about it, but there was a huge part of my story that was about me getting beaten up in a play. And I didn't tell this story because I thought, well, people are going to think, why would I hire a woman? Cause you can't even say no. Everything took off in that moment. And see, we fear this, what are they going to think? I'm alone. I'm the only one that feels this way. And that is so not true, is what I hear you saying. People have no idea that they are not the only one, right? 
Yeah, this is interesting too, because something that at that workshop that we met you at, Tracy, mm-hmm. where we were teaching and you were teaching, what we wanted our groups to realize was we all think that we're rebellious and we are the only one. But if you start mm-hmm. asking each other questions, we all think this, every single one of us. And our fear is really like, it's really coming from that self-judgment. It's literally, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the place. And especially if you're in groups with people who are your comrades, you know what I mean? Or like your colleagues. Colleagues you know? and, and peers. I mean, yeah. It was happening to me in that group too, where I was like, oh, I feel like the weirdo. And I, we were there teaching and I'm like, oh, I feel like the weirdo. Mm-hmm. But we started really opening up because something that I think Lauren and I do really strongly is just like come vulnerably with as many of the layers mm-hmm. peeled off of ourselves as possible. And with that like vulnerability, honesty, we invite others to come that way as well. And so we were seeing in our workshop that everybody was just like, I'm like this too. This happened to me too. And it's just like this whole strength in realizing that we're not so different, you and I. <laughs> Well, and it becomes this permission slip. It becomes this permission slip. You know, I say this to my people all the time, and I want to talk about your thoughts on perfectionism, but my people will get so concerned about saying it just right and just the right words. And that puts them up in their head where their voice falls flat and they're going to get it right. And by me showing that and being that, that becomes this permission slip. For you to be human is what I think and go, oh, hold on a minute. I just messed that up. I got to back up. That's what I hear you saying that you do. And I think that's so critical because I know for my people, they're locked up in, I got to get this right. Their identity is around all those words being right and it's delivered right. And they're going to get what they want if they get it perfectly. And I just call BS on all of that. Yeah, I think so good. There's so many great points that you made. And that's really the huge point. One of the big takeaways that we were teaching at this conference, right? And it's really was about for coaches or anybody who wants to or has a business that you are your service. It's really about people getting to like, know, and trust you. That's why people buy, Mm -hmm. right? How you do Mm -hmm. that, like how you actually get people to like you. The like factor comes by people seeing themselves in you. Oh, they're like me, right? And this like makes it this magnet thing. So it's like people think that what gets people is being perfect or doing the right actions, but it's not. It's actually the emotional connection. And it's like not even logical why people are attracted, but there's things that you can do to help people see that. And it's letting down those walls, it's being vulnerable. And I think that's the one thing that it's probably my superpower is vulnerability. But not only that, my awareness and my willing to share. And that is the thing that's grown my audience is just me being me super vulnerably and coming and talking about my failures and coming and talking. And granted, I don't show up messy crying. I process and then I will like show Mm -hmm. up on the back side of it. And sometimes it is a little bit raw and it is imperfect, but I've also had people tell me that, Hey, the reason why I follow you is because you do it imperfectly. And so like me mm-hmm. doing it is the thing that's actually giving people the courage to do it themselves. Right. Because I don't look perfect and I'm not trying to be yeah. perfect. And that's really something that I've had to get good at because 
I was perfect. And I think the other side of being perfect, what is on the other side of being perfect is the judgments of thinking that there's good and bad and the good and bad falls into that. So it's like the same exact line of thinking with the judgment and the perfect perfection. So when you can actually pull back and realize that there is no good and bad, there just is who you are and you're perfect. And it's like a shift in your identity. That's when we really become free to be us. And I'm sure that's really when the voice comes in, when you're in that alignment, I don't have to think about it. I'm just, it's channeling through me. It's, this is the purest voice that I can have is in this moment being tapped in to this without judgment. Well, and I love what you said, Lauren, you said, and I'm going to tie this together for the listeners because they've heard me talk about this in a different way, but I love what you said, seeing them in you. I take that a step further. I need them to hear you. I need to hear you are my person. And when we can work from that place of, I hear you get me, I hear you've done my path, I hear you're my guide, then I, as the coach, no longer have to work from, well, am I good enough to coach? Am I good enough to be, well, I got to work with everybody. No, I don't. I have to hone in on that reveal of showing people who I really am and audibly as well, so that I can be here for the people I need to serve. And there's no judgment in that. It's not bad that that one picked a different coach. I wasn't their person. My sound didn't connect with them, right? So really cool. Really, really, really cool. I love that. I was going to go somewhere a minute ago. What did I want to talk about? Identity. Is that where I was going to go? Yeah. But we may circle back to identity, but I want to jump back for a minute and talk about what did y'all teach in Dallas? What do y'all do when y'all go on a workshop like that or in the mastermind? I want y'all to talk about the work that y'all do together. And that could be Dallas or otherwise. So I'll talk a little bit about what we taught in Dallas. And then maybe Lauren wants to talk about what we talk about in our mastermind. What we were teaching in Dallas was your zone of genius, how to monetize your zone of genius. And the angle that we took was your zone of genius really is coming from this connection to your soul consciousness and this awareness of what actually comes easy to you and what you desire to put out there and what you desire to monetize. It has everything to do with how your desires are coming from source. Your desires are safe guidance from source. And your soul consciousness knows this. And what's happening with the brain and our conditioning and our programming to be collective consciousness is that's what's masking us from knowing our zone of genius, thinking that we have to do something that makes sense in the coaching industry to make money as a coach. But what we were really wanting to show everybody was that there's so much potential for copycat coaching businesses because so many are being taught a method of coaching and running a business. That's the right way to do it or the only Mm -hmm. way to do it or the best Mm -hmm. way to do it. But what we were really wanting to show everybody was there's your way of doing it. And it's really the best way for you is your way. It comes from your zone of genius. It comes from you being tapped into that internal part of you or that higher part of you, however you want to say it. Yeah. And would you say, well, there's a couple of things that I thought about when you said that. 
that's how psychology of the voice was born. And I loved it. And I keep going back to when you didn't want to admit you were spiritual. I didn't want to admit to people that I could hear seven layers of their voice. I mean, how do you introduce that? And, you know, oh, I hear voices. I mean, you want to talk about thinking people, you're crazy. That's just wild. But what I hear you saying, and I think it's important to touch on this, that requires people to trust themselves. Oh, yeah. And we came to that, too. It's like, it's hard to tell somebody, too, right? Like, I can hear that you're not trusting yourself. And I'm not saying it to add more judgment to your plate or to have you blame and shame yourself. But when you can learn or do learn to trust yourself, then your zone of genius is there for you. It's the layer on the top. It's not this deep-seated thing that you have no access to. You have access to it immediately, but it's your willingness to trust that what it is that you know about yourself is true, right? Mm -hmm. It's like Mm -hmm. all of these layers of, oh, but I'm afraid of coming off conceited. I'm afraid of coming off too much. Like I'm too much, like what you were talking Mm -hmm. about with coming off too big in Mm -hmm. the spotlight or you're too loud or whatever it might Mm -hmm. be. All those layers that are just covering that up and you trusting people on the outside of you or experts who seem to know more about you than you know about yourself. All of this clouds your zone of genius. Really what we Mm -hmm. wanted people to do is feel it, right? Lauren Mm -hmm. and I were really emphasizing getting honest with how they feel about what they know about themselves, the truth of who they are how much they trust themselves. And we were asking people to like, you know, people were crying in that workshop. And I think it's because no one ever really asked them, mm-hmm. what do you truly desire? What's your mm-hmm. deep, deep desire? If, you, if nobody can judge you for wanting what you want, what would you allow yourself to want? Mm-hmm. You know? Lauren. Yes. You want to jump in on this? Like, oh my gosh, somebody! <laughs> <laughs> I see you writing notes. It's like you get your paper's going to be full. <laughs> I do. Now I remember because I have so many ideas. Okay, so let me talk about kind of like what we do in the mastermind. So yes, first, like, so what we taught in Dallas at the Fearless Business Workshop was one piece of it, right? We call it the in factor, which is really ultimately what leads to the it factor. It's the thing that makes you you. It's your unique signature that is located in the part of you that we call that soul consciousness, that's not your mind, that is just like your uniqueness. And when you can tap into that part of it, and more importantly, trust that part of it, and you can change your identity, your wiring, your program to be that so you're not in your own way, you end up becoming the embodied version of your truth, right? You end up being able to be the person that you want to be to create those goals. And that's ultimately we walk people through that in our mastermind, right? And we've kind of alluded to this a little bit in this conversation where we, as humans, we ask the question how, because we're trying to avoid failure. Because we want to know, we want somebody to tell us, please tell me the answer so I can do it this way so that I know how to do it so I can avoid failure. And the school system actually teaches us how to do that, right? We're gonna like study the teacher, there's like this hierarchy, do what the teacher says, learn what they do, and then you'll have the results. But that's actually not the way that the world works. If that was the case, everybody went to school for 40 hours and sat in the classroom, everyone should get A's. But because we all are different people and we process things different and we have different programming, we get different outcome. We get different 
results in our life. And so when you really learn how to go through this process of becoming this other person that is your truth, that's really when life gets good and you're able to hold back and get into that part of fulfillment, like fulfillment, right? Like who you're actually meant to be, doing the work that you're meant to do, having the impact that you're meant to have in this life because you're not in your own way. And more importantly, you're leading yourself first and through the leading yourself first, you are the embodiment. So other people are going to follow you, right? There's so many entrepreneurs and coaches and speakers out there that are like, listen to me, I have something to say, but if you're not being the embodiment, if you're not in the emotions of it, if you're not that person, then it's what we're calling the smoking copium, right? So that's what Mm. we help people do is we take people through our three-part process, which is connecting to that truth, that inner voice, that zone of genius, becoming that person, learning how to change the programming so that you can show up and have the identity of being the CEO and then creating that unique business strategy that's unique to you that you're not trying to fit yourself into a box. You're not hiring a coach that is like, do it my way and I'll get you the results because that's not the way it works. And that's what keeps people spinning is because they're trying to do things that are not right mm-hmm. for them. If they don't get the results, they're judging it, staying stuck, where there's a very unique way that you're meant to do it. So that kind of formula is the process that me and Jen take entrepreneurs through that then bring back joy to their business, that make it easy, that they're able to find that thing and create a life and a living that is in alignment to their actual purpose. And that is so huge. That is speaking from my own experience. And this is not in any way to discredit these amazing business coaches that teach these things that work for them. And they're going to work for a lot of people, right? And to go back to flow, which is something Jen mentioned initially, and we're talking about trust here, trusting that, well, wait a minute, that doesn't feel right. That feels that, yeah, but everybody's doing it. You know, that's that's the way we're doing it now. Not feeling that, you know, I just experienced that myself. I just went totally against the grain of what is the norm. There was so much flow. There was so much ease. I wasn't exhausted. There's so much power in what you're talking about here. If people will give themselves permission to go against the grain. Yes. <laughs> and that's really, and I think back to like our conference, like I said, our job, what we thought is like, Hey, we want to give them experience and how you it's memorable is to feel. And we wanted them to feel yeah. right. And like, that was the whole thing was being able to tap in and trigger them and help them get to the point where like, they see everything that we just talked about right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, this is what you need. And it was giving them permission. And we stayed the whole week and the rest of the week, we had people coming up to us, sitting with us and wanting to talk to us being like, oh yeah, you guys just gave me permission to look and do the things that I have been telling myself I can't do. And by the end of the week, people had changed their niches or doing the things. Wow. And it was so, I have goosebumps again. Like it was yeah. so beautiful to see people question, but it's the hard thing because we're afraid to question what mm-hmm. other people are saying because we don't want to fail. We don't want to look stupid. Mm-hmm. We don't want to go against that fear of rejection, which is once again, the emotional piece, when you learn how to get in there and be yourself and not be swayed by other people, you're able to then be yourself, right? And it's like a beautiful combination. Well, and don't you think part of that is also we look at people and we're, it's an ex, it's, it becomes external and we go, oh, wow. 
she's doing it that way. And look at how successful she is. Or, well, he's a multiple nine figure entrepreneur. That must be the way to do it. And it's like becomes like shoving a round peg in a square hole. And so it's not going to get us where we want to be. Jen, you look like you're ready to jump in. Yeah, I was thinking thing that really trips us up as humans in the third dimension is that we have the ability to compare ourselves and we have this obsession with time. I think that if we weren't obsessed with time and if we didn't have the ability to compare ourselves, we would allow ourselves to really get to know what the process is that works best for us. Because what we in the coaching industry, especially get super obsessed with this. How fast can I make 10K? How fast Mm. can I make 100K? How fast can I become a millionaire? And then that's how I'm selling my programs, right? Is based on my success rate with speed and with my showing you what you can compare yourself to with me as that basis for comparison. But really, if those two things really didn't exist for us, if we could make those things not matter. We could really listen. Something that I'll, that was super important for me too is to learn how to listen deep, not only to others, but to ourselves, right? Is mm-hmm. to really hear from that part within us that isn't the mind creating doubt and worry and stress and comparison and all of those judgments and all of that stuff, but really to like, Maybe I'm talking about meditation. Maybe I'm talking about just being with you and holding that space for yourself to really hear what your next steps are. I'm using the word here because really the word listen came through Mm -hmm. in 2021 for me really strongly. So Mm -hmm. my intention for a lot of, I'll go in and do like a plant medicine ceremony and my only intention will be to listen Mm -hmm. and nothing Mm -hmm. else. And like mm-hmm. the idea of even receiving something that we work on a lot, right. Is like, well, how can I open up to receiving and what's my mm-hmm. resistance to receiving when I think about what receiving really is and what listening really is, is it's the same thing. It's allowing words to mm-hmm. penetrate, allowing ourselves mm-hmm. to receive knowledge or information or knowings. Right. So Mm-hmm. doing a lot of work in that sort of realm where it's like, okay, instead of basing my success on how short of a time span I could do something in or how much faster I can do something than that coach across from me can do it, really basing my success on do, am I fulfilled and satisfied? Do I feel that I'm expressing myself and helping others to express themselves? Am I really truly helping people to create change and feel a different way in their lives and in their businesses. If that's the meter for success, it like shifts how I go about running my business and how I go about helping people to shift in their lives and in their businesses. I think that what you're talking about is something that is really, we really seeing some profound data on what you're talking about. I'm a bit of a researcher and a bit of a data person I track patterns and I like to watch data and I like to see what is really behind it. And I think in what you're talking about there, and I think this is really important to mention because I feel like this is the work that y'all do. We get locked up in 
what you were talking about, the 10K month and the 100K month and the do it faster and make more money. And what I see happening, not to everyone, but to some people is they get in the wrong intention. They start the wrong motive. They're working from the wrong motive and they cannot deliver. They cannot maintain and they cannot help but fall into the hustle, grind, push, shove, go, and then comes such a hard sell. It was for me, I'm talking from my own experience, to say there's ease in, there's money in ease. You actually get there when you stop shoving the round peg in the square hole that was never yours to begin with. Would you all say that's in alignment with, your work. Oh yeah. <laughs> like that's like the reason. <laughs> like, let me tell my story really fast. Cause I think this is so helpful for people. Like my story is paying a very well-known coach $25,000 because they're like, Oh, I'll help you make a hundred thousand dollars. Right. And so I did everything their way. Now, when I look back and at some point I decided to walk away because it was no longer in alignment, what I had learned in hindsight is that it got really, really heavy and really, really hard because it felt like I was doing things because I thought I should. And the reason why I was mm. doing things was because I put my power in this coach, right? This is not the coach's fault. This is, I think, how mm -hmm. the container was set up in my giving the power to the other person, thinking they had the answers. And if I did it their way, I would get the results. Now, we as humans can effort enough to do it somebody's way where we're getting results, but it was so resistant the whole way because it wasn't what was meant for me. And so I ended up just spiraling and thought working my way and like using my coaching tools against me to get me in action, but yet wasn't really in alignment with my truth. And so when I was burnt out and walked away from my mentor who I freaking loved and had dreams and was, you're like going to be my new friend. And right. I had this vision of what I yes. thought they were going to do for me. And when it didn't happen, I was heartbroken. And that was the transformation I had to go through to be like, wait a second, mm -hmm. maybe there's another way to do it. And in that year period after that's when I found my inner voice. That's when I realized that, wait, that you can do things differently. And so our program, what we've created is what I wish I had had when I thought I was looking for the answers in other people. And like this whole paradigm shift is happening, I think in the personal growth industry where it's no longer this pyramid of following the leader, do as I say, because you'll get those results, but rather this more of the circle kind of a thing where it's like, I'm going to lead myself and I'm going to teach you how to do the same. And in that paradigm, it's a win-win because we're looking at ourselves as individual. And so we can rise together instead of thinking that giving our power to other people. I love that. And I see it too. You said it better than I could have said. And I see the same thing happening in voice. For years, it was have the beautiful Walter Cronkite voice over voice. And people are vehemently rejecting it. They've done studies on this. It started with Instagram feeds, watching the beautiful, perfect feeds. People started rejecting them. And in the last two years, we've done the same thing vocally because I have to know who you are. And so really, that is that's so, so valuable. And so where I see things at right now, it's no longer about I have to do it your way. You've got all the answers you're the tour guide. 
I'm the one on the path is what it's become. And so it's such a cool collaborative way that we're moving into rather than this. I'm the guru. You listen to what I have to say. It doesn't matter if it doesn't work. It's probably your problem if it doesn't work. And that's just, that's just not real. I love what you're saying, Tracy, because I can even, I mean, this is just like a story from my experience, right? But I can see when I first launched my group program fame, there was nothing professionally set up about it. I was literally just talking on a live on Instagram and I was congratulating one of my clients for some milestone that she had reached in her business. And I was just being real. Mm-hmm. So to speak. And then I was like, oh, and by the way, I'm going to run this program and it's going to run sometime in March. I don't know when, but if you're interested, DM me. And I just had people flooding my DMs and I was like, whoa, I need to make myself mm-hmm. a sales page. I literally mm-hmm. didn't even make the sales page. It was just like mm-hmm. coming from this casual me to you, just as casual as it could possibly have been, wasn't wearing any makeup or didn't have my lighting, which sometimes mm-hmm. I get obsessed with. And then when I compared that moment to a moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to launch the second round of this program. And I would like, my brain still had it in there that it needed to look a certain way. It needed to come off professional and perfect, right? Even though it was like, we teach this stuff and we're still learning this stuff and it's the perfect sort of feedback, right? And so it was like a moment for me, an opportunity for me to teach it to myself again, where I was trying to show up perfect. And when I realized and was looking back in hindsight at my posts that weren't generating any sales, so it was like, oh, this is what's going on. I'm not connecting. When you mm-hmm. say, I need to know who you are, right? You're asking for connection. Connection. And that's what something else that Lauren and I were teaching in that workshop was, What we need here is really a true connection and Mm -hmm. connecting to a robot is not the same as connecting to the human part of ourselves and the human part of you, which when you can feel that in your heart space, that's the connection. It's not watching this perfect being delivered to you this perfect program in this perfect way. Exactly. And I want to just add a little caveat because I tend to see people, my people and other people get into this either or thinking. And there are many multiple eight, seven, eight figure entrepreneurs that I've coached that I love and adore. So I don't want you to get in your mind that it's this is bad. This is good. I think this is really about a permission slip to do what works for you and what resonates with you. And it may be that there's some eight-figure entrepreneur or something that you get it and that works for you and that's phenomenal. But I think for me, this whole message is about you haven't failed if it doesn't. Not even close. It's about finding your own way. And if that's the right leader for you, great. And if it's not, Find another leader. That's okay too. So good. And actually me and Jen have like done podcast episodes on this about what we call the term coach trauma, right? Which Mm. is hiring a coach or hiring somebody thinking that they're going to save you. And when you don't get those results, you play the victim and you play all of these Mm -hmm. 
stories, which is all happening for you. But then at the end, it's like this really horrible experience that you have. Right. And so I think that in this case, it's like really learning about how to hire the right people. Right. And so we talk Mm -hmm. a lot about this, especially with our containers, when we accept people into our containers that we're making sure that they're making a decision from the right place. Right. There's different parts of us. There's the mind part of us. And then there's like the soul consciousness, that intuition, right? And that's the way that's leading it. And there are so many coaches out there that are selling from fear and it's triggering people's trauma. And so they're buying from this trauma, thinking that this person's going to save them and they're going into these relationships and they're being set up for failure because it's not from making decisions from the right place. Whereas when you can discern and learn how to make a decision from a coach from the right place, which is how you feel, it's not logical. It's not doing what everybody else is doing, but it's coming from being led from your guidance and you're guided to the right teacher. Then that is when a beautiful transformation can happen. And that person can hold you for the transformation that needs to happen. And there it is right there. The whole thing. She just summed it up beautifully again. <laughs> yeah. You said this word several times, save you. And that goes back to motives and intentions. Am I hiring this coach or this expensive coach or this popular coach to save me? Or do I resonate with them? Once again, it goes back to what do you feel and learning to listen like what Jen was saying. Okay, so I know I'm going to run out of time. I know I'm going to run out of time. And so I want to ask one other quick question and then I'll wrap it up because I know y'all are going to have to go. Lauren, you talked about, I want to touch on sales for a minute. And you talked about emotion, which I think is so incredibly powerful. I'm really studying the degrees of the voice story. Why do some, you know, there's the original voice story that happened before we're five, but what about the one last week that was so profoundly impactful? It's all linked to emotion. And I'm studying that right now. People, many of my people, I know it's not everybody. Some people are in sales. Okay. A lot of people struggle with sales. And I know that you see this. And what I see is I hear all, you know, they'll be cooking with gas. And I hear they go into a sale and it's a whole nother voice. It is a voice that I can poke holes in, that is questioning, that is doubtful, that is foreshadowing, that is believing you're not going to buy. What is it about, you know, I'm going to ask this question, but you can go anywhere you want with it. But what is it about sales that sets us that just unravels us so. Yeah, that's a beautiful question. And ultimately it comes back down to emotional coding and programming, right? So our biggest fear is the fear of rejection. And when we're younger, right, from zero to seven, when we're programmed and we create all of these experiences, asking for things and hearing no or being told no is a experience that then gets coded into us, right? So for example we're younger and we're like, mom, can I have seconds? And there she's like, no, we don't have enough food. That's selfish. And so there's shame. And then you get this emotional scarring in there. And because we're told not to like cry or feel our feelings, we then compound it and it's stuck into us, right? Other things like asking for, Hey, school starting. I need a new outfit. And your parents saying no, or liking somebody at school and a crush and the person rejecting you. Right. So we accumulate all of these 
coding in our body about putting ourselves out there and asking. And so selling is a vulnerable thing. There's something very vulnerable about that. And so it's emotional coding that's being triggered that we don't even see. And so we are showing up feeling the reactions, feeling the nervousness in our body and responding to it, not realizing what's going on. And when you can learn how to actually just release all of that, then selling ends up being just a conversation because it's really just a lack of belief in yourself and seeing yourself. So when you're able to release the old stories and really believe in you and believe in what you're selling, and that's the perfect, that's the combination is that you're then selling from full embodiment of belief. And so it ends up feeling like showing up and telling everybody about your favorite pair of jeans, right? People aren't afraid to be like, hey, you have to try this or you have to watch this movie, but they can't transfer that to the things that they are because it hits differently. So it's having the awareness. And I have a sales program called Effortless Sales. And the first module, it's all about shifting emotional coding and how to, it's the belief part. It's like, it starts with reprogramming how we look at putting ourselves out there. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. And I had this major epiphany as you were, you know, I'm always chasing patterns, like I said, and voice. And as you were talking about that, I was thinking about, I don't mean this as a negative. Everybody knows that nothing is bad here, but I shoot real straight. There are certain salespeople And what they do vocally is very on. And this may be what you're, you said something about bro sales. And I don't know if that's, you were talking about a different kind of energy, but from a voice perspective, I'm thinking about, and I'm going to use an example and I don't like to stereotype and I don't want anybody to get upset about this, but I'm thinking about car salesmen and they have a very bad rap. They have a stereotypical bad rap. But when I listen to what you're saying, I think about, like, I remember the last car that I bought and I went in and I was going to look at a used car. And the guy said to me, I'll never forget this. He said, are you sure you can afford it? Which, okay, first of all, I could do a whole episode on that. Maybe I did at the time, but there was this needing to prove arrogance voice mask that he had, which I think is applicable in many of these car salesmen. Not everybody, not everybody, because there was a guy that sold me a car in California. I loved and adored. He wasn't like that, but many of them. And I wonder if it is because the rejection factor in car sales are so high. There are so many no's that they have made a subconscious choice to put in the mask of arrogance vocally or needing to prove, but that is the most protective of all the voice masks. I don't know. That just all went down in my mind when you were talking about that. What do you think of that? Well, it's interesting. This kind of brings another layer to this, right? And so I'm going to use the words, I'm going to talk about masculine versus feminine energy, right? Yeah. And this isn't necessarily mean male or female, right? It's like an energy and it's not good or bad. And really what we could even say is lean back, lean forward, right? So Mm -hmm. somebody is selling in leaned forward energy, right? Which could be what we can call masculine energy. They're attached to an outcome, right? So they're like trying to make it happen. They're trying to effort to happen. And so that is where the intention is coming from, right? So that's why you can feel somebody's intention. So if somebody's just trying to sell to sell because it's a 
numbers thing and they're not attached to it, you can feel a different energy versus somebody who is lean back because they're in full trust, right? So when you trust yourself and you're not attached to the outcome, because you know that when that person's going to buy, it's right for them, that you're not having to force anything that people can feel that. So this is actually, I think more of like an energy thing of like where the intention's coming from. Of course, once again, it's the energy, which is emotions. But I think that with feminine energy, it's the ability to hold all emotions. So you're not afraid of the rejection versus I think we're in the masculine lean forward. You don't want to feel it. So you're trying to like bull your way out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's vocally what I call push versus pull and push is a repellent vocally and pull actually tells the subconscious that we care about them, which is in alignment with what you're saying right there. So very cool. Jen, do you want to add anything on all of this? Good grief. We could sit here all night and talk about all this. I love what you're saying, Tracy, about push versus pull, like as you're talking about the work that you do and how it's like paralleling the work that Lauren and I do, Mm -hmm. it just reaffirms to me that this is the path. (laughs) It just feels like, okay, yes, Mm -hmm. that feels reaffirming. It's like the whole mask, right? You talk about voice mask. It's something that I talk about in my program fame where it's like people want to be you and the actors even like if we're looking at actors right because i'm not necessarily coaching actors but the ones who can show you that the emotion is real or you feel that coming from them it's like the ones who there's that method of acting you probably know better than i do because i have never really been an actor but the method of acting where you become the person Mm -hmm. and you you're feeling the emotions it's like removing that mask from yourself in whatever field you're in to create that connection is what I think we're ultimately doing with our work and what you're doing with your work, right? It's like the connections created or I get to hear you. I get to know who you are when you can maybe be aware of that mask, be aware of that arrogance mask and make the decision to not mask Mm-hmm. not use that arrogance mask and communicate that way. Yeah. So anyways, I just want to say, Tracy, like I love what you've taught us today with what you do with your work and how it parallels with what we're doing. And it just feels so good. Yeah. Talk about it. So in alignment, and I knew it would be, and this really is the work. And my people have been hearing me talk about it for really, really fiercely for the last month because of what the data is showing us that people because of the pandemic, because of the polarization, because of there's so much division. There's so much I've been cut out from my family. I've been cut out for, you know, there's so many dynamics have evolved in the last two years of our lives that what got us here is not going to get us there. And it is crystal, crystal clear. And there's really no way out, but through. What I always say, and this is the through path, I think. So, okay. So let me ask some logistical questions. When is the next mastermind? First of the year or when y'all run in it again? 
So that's to be determined. This okay. round, we are actually going to be doing, it's been a three-month mastermind and we're actually now turning, switching to doing in-person retreats because of the experience that we had in Dallas. We just think that it's going to mm. be so impactful. So yeah, we will know that I think maybe in a few months, but definitely like the first part of the year, we'll be doing an in-person retreat, teaching the process and all of the tools that we went over today. I love that. That was so much fun down there. One, it was such an amazing, just so amazing. And I think people are hungry for that. And while I love Zoom, don't get me wrong, I couldn't be having this conversation with y'all right now without it. But wow, to be in the same space is so amazing, especially after the, you know, we certainly had a year complete of not being in the same space in many ways. Okay, so to be determined on that, but... You each have your programs, you each have your websites, and then do you all have a joint website? Can we give people that information? And I'll put it in the show notes, but if people are led to find out more or get on a waiting list for that retreat or something, where do we send them? Yeah. So the best thing is, is that there's a couple of places. So me and Jen actually have a freebie we want to give away if that's okay. It's going to be yes. a masterclass. So me and Jen are the masterclass queens. We are really good at picking topics like today and dissecting it very deep. And so we have a masterclass that we did that's called Magic Mirror. And it's really about how to transmute that judgment that then gets us stuck from getting the results. So it's so much about what we talked about today. So if you sign up for that, it will put you on our email list and that you can then get the updates for when it is. But really the best place to stay connected to me and Jen is through our individual Instagram is where we're really at. So it'd be okay. Lauren. Yeah. And we can link it below, but at Lauren Ciesco and then at J.Navarro for Jen. And then we do have a podcast. So here's the deal with our podcast. So we have a podcast, we can link it up. But this iteration of our podcast, which is called The Spiritual Boss Shit, we are no longer moving forward. However, we have so many amazing episodes that they want to go check out. And there will be a new iteration of this coming out, but we don't yet know what that sounds like. So the best would be to follow our current podcast. And then that will transform into the new one eventually down the road. So... Okay, perfect. I thought I saw, I follow y'all, of course, on Instagram, and I thought I saw that maybe y'all were changing the podcast. Y'all had done a story or something about that, that you were going to move in a different direction. You hadn't quite percolated yet, but okay. So we'll link all these websites, all these Instagram handles and podcasts. We'll put all that in the show notes and y'all make sure and follow Lauren and Jen, I think they're so in alignment with what we're doing here. It really is an inside and an outside job. And I stay in my wheelhouse, which is every single solitary microscopic sound of voice and where it comes from. But there's so much more. There's so much more to the whole big picture. So thank you both so much for being here today and giving us so much of your valuable time and wisdom it's just been great to hear from both of you. Thank you so much, Tracy. Like this conversation just totally fuels us both. I know I'm speaking for myself and Lauren, but wow, I am excited for your listeners. I'm excited to listen to it back myself. So thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm so glad, like talk about the timing. It's just a side note. I had heard of you 
before from James Wedsmore podcast. Mm. And I was so fascinated by you. And when I saw that you were talking at the same conference we were, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to go to her, your little workshop. But we were teaching at the same time. At the same time. You ended up not. And so I have to, I'm going to go hunt her down. I found you right as you were about to leave. And that's how it was just. Yeah. Yeah. That like, I followed my intuition to come and be like, introduce you. I'm like, I feel like such a fangirl being like, hi, I'm Lauren. (laughs) So I know what we're doing. So yeah. No, I, I forgot about that, that you had said that to me, that you had heard me on James's show. So fascinating. So this is just like such a fun thing to be here and talking all the things. So thank you. It truly is so fun for us. Uh, Well, thank you. And thank you listeners. You know how much I value and appreciate you, but I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up for today. Until I see you next time, you know what to do. Get out there and speak your truth. Just do it beautifully. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes.